Hey everyone, Pastor Johnny here with Destiny Church. Thank you so much for tuning into the DC and Throne podcast, where our heart is to equip the bride to live a lifestyle of deeper intimacy with Jesus daily and seeing the culture around them change to look more like heaven. Um, today I want to talk about something. Uh, we're going to be a little raw today, okay? We're going to we're going to be raw. We're just going to we're going to be real. Um, there's some things that I'm going to share. <clears throat> Might not be you know, super encouraging <laughs> some of these testimonies I'm about to share, but it's going to really all line up with what's on my heart uh, for the body of Christ. And so I want to open up by saying this every day we have a choice to either partner with the will and plan of God for our life, or we don't, <laughs> you know, like every day there's an invitation that I believe that with the new mercies every day, there's this invitation for Jesus that he's calling us to go higher and he's calling us to go deeper in relationship with him. Um, one thing about marriage is that you need a steward marriage. It's not a 50-50 thing. It's a 100-100 thing. And we know that Jesus <laughs> gave everything, you know, so that we can be in a deeper relationship. And, and so it's up to us to partner and to, to give our 100%. Um, now, what I want to talk about is I'm going to talk about the daily choice to know Jesus, to know the plans, uh, but really, most importantly, to make that choice to be intimate with him, you know, to make that choice to know his heart and, and keep your ear uh, on his chest. Um, you know, a lot of times in our life, because of the busyness of our day or, or you know, work or the environment we're in, you know, it takes a toll on us. And a lot of times, you know, when we do get home, you know, we don't give God the depth of the attention that he's wanting us to to partner with him and give okay now i want i want to make i want to say this up front you know it's not always about the time that's spent okay i'm not telling you that you're not doing you know intimacy right with jesus if you're not spending 3 17 30 hours with him a day okay what i'm saying is that the heart posture of the time spent with him is really going to to that choice that that's made the your heart posture to spend time with him and how you do it to me is what's going to help to bear fruit in the areas of intimacy now my wife and i we counsel a lot of people we counsel a lot of couples young couples you know we're 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 a younger couple and uh, we counsel a lot of young couples, uh, some that are going after the heart of God and others that are just like, hey, seems like all, you know, everything's you know, breaking wide open help. Right. And so whenever we're dealing with people who are believers, one of the first questions that we always ask them whenever they open up to us about relationship issues or I'm feeling depressed, I'm feeling broken, like I don't know what's going on. I'm having trust issues. We ask them this question. We say, how is your relationship with Jesus? Like, are you spending time with him? Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, I pray, you know, on my way to work and, and I pray on my way home. And, and there's a choice to be made that it's like, well, when I get home, rather than just going and finding him in the secret place, I'm making a choice to sit on the couch, prop my feet up, watch my favorite Netflix show. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that there's a better thing, right? It, it's, it's the choice of Mary. It's to keep your gaze on him all day, every day, no matter what. And then when you get those, those, those moments to be intimate with him and you're not bound by time that you're making the choice to sit at his feet and gaze. See the choice is, am I going to keep my eyes focused on everything else in which Jesus's presence is still there? Like Martha, right? Cause Jesus was still in the house, but Martha was doing everything else, toiling, worrying, fretting. And so instead Jesus says, Mary has chosen the better thing. So, so even though yes, his presence is there. So if we're running around doing chores and errands and all these other crazy things, and you know, and, and we're worried about ministry and focusing on the next program. Yeah. The presence of Jesus, he's still there, but we're not choosing the better thing. And that's to sit at the feet. And so it's the choice is 
really what I want to talk about is that we have the choice on a daily basis to choose how are we going to go after his heart. So I, I want to read this. Um, and, and let you guys know. So Jesus was betrayed by two of his closest disciples, right? Judas and Peter. Um, and with that being said, both of them had different encounters after they betrayed Jesus, right? Uh, Peter repented and he helped to change the world. So Peter made a choice to say, hey, I know his heart enough that I'm going to repent. And within that repentance, he was cha- you know, he was used to change the world. And, and Jesus said, on, you know, on this rock, I'll build my church. And so, but Judas ended up taking his own life and and he had the same way of escape as Peter did, yet he chose the exact opposite. Why? I believe that he didn't really know the heart of God in the moment. So he chose something that wasn't, you know, that wasn't God's heart. Um, And so uh, first Peter 1, 19 to 20 says, it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. And God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. You see, we make choices because God made a choice, right? He, he chose Jesus as a ransom long before the world began. Ephesians 1, 4 says, even before God made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. You see, Jesus was the choice for us to be able to be faultless in the eyes of God. And so there is a choice that, that God is showing us that needs to be made for the better. And uh, and so John 15, 16, just going to hit you with this one, more, last one. You didn't choose me. Jesus says, I chose you and I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. That word choose right there means to call by name. So this is Jesus saying, hey, I'm so personal with you. I'm not just choosing you, but I'm calling you out by name and I'm appointing you to produce lasting fruit. Guys, fruit is cultivated. You don't, you know, it doesn't just grow to grow. Like you need to be able to cultivate uh, so that, you know, know how to to handle it during, you know, different seasons, difficult seasons, harsh conditions. There's choices on a daily that farmers have to make to make sure that their, their soil is fertile. And so it all comes back to this choice. Jesus says, you didn't choose me. I chose you and I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Look, from the beginning of time, Jesus has chosen us and he's calling us into a deeper relationship. My heart is to help provoke you to make that choice daily to go after him in ways that you never have before. Um, I want to share this testimony real quick. This is that part at the beginning of the of the uh, of, of us starting here that I said is not such an encouraging um, uh, testimony. So a... Um, I just got word that a, um, oh, one second, guys. That's how raw we are. A cat just jumped on the keyboard and started playing. No joke. Um, that's how raw we are, y'all. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. So this testimony um, is a uh, 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 pastor, good a friend of mine, he, uh, he was kind of a mentor in my life. Um, when I first got saved and, uh, man, he was such an amazing man of God, loved Jesus. He was so authentic, so real. I, uh, I just got word that, uh, he was caught with drugs and, and has, has been using some pretty harsh drugs and, uh, has chosen a lifestyle, um, of, of addiction and uh, without going too deep into it, you know, I, I sat and I talked with the Lord and I was like, Lord, this is so heartbreaking. You know, this guy, you know, he touched so many people and, and you know, he, he ministered your gospel and, and, and uh, you know, he saw lives changed. And then at the same, in the same breath, 
another person that I know, I heard that they had relapsed and they were also a pastor and uh, they had relapsed. And I start thinking to myself, like, golly, like, God, what's happening? Is this an attack? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, a lot of times in the church, as soon as something goes wrong, you know, Satan, what are you doing? You know, but I started thinking to myself, I was like, Lord, what's going on? And he said, the choice was made to leave the first love. You see, um, something that I've talked about before is that divorce doesn't just happen overnight. Um, divorce is cultivated. Separation within marriages doesn't just happen. Boom, one day you're just in love and out of love the very next day. Um, it's cultivated. And, and, and whether it's something robbing your gaze from your spouse or, or you know, something taking you away from your family and your time, somewhere along the way, this divorce is cultivated. You were sowing into separation more than you were sowing into the unity of relationship. Um, and in this case, with these two pastors, um, they were living for God, going after God's heart, and uh, they made the choice to fall away. You know, nobody wakes up and they're just like, I think I'm going to use today. Like, I think what happened was there was like a cultivation of weariness and tired and, you know, and not seeing the plans and the prayers of things that, you know, like there was probably just a whole bunch of things that was taking place in their life that over time, you know, maybe they didn't see the success in their ministry they thought they should have. You know, maybe they felt like their prayers weren't getting answered anymore. Uh, whatever it may have been, maybe they weren't feeling the presence of God like they once did because they were trying to put a new patch on an old wineskin. You know, I don't know, but I do know that there was a choice that was made to leave the first love. Um, it was really heartbreaking to hear that, you know, but, but I also think that we have to understand that we could be doing church correctly. You know, like, like, like we can, we, we can do church. We can be doing church correctly all day, every day, but if we're leaving and forgetting our first love, we've missed the entire thing. And what I mean by that is that we have to make this choice on a daily basis, guys, to not leave our first love and to make sure that we are that we are daily, that we are cultivating a lifestyle in which we're able to say, hey, I know him and he knows me, right? I'm not content with just great services and I'm not content with, you know, having you know, people laid out on the ground. Like what I'm what I'm desiring to see is a deeper level of relationship between me and Jesus. I want to share this um, awesome encounter that I had the other day. Um, and then we'll get ready to wrap this thing up. So much that can be said about this, but again, I'm just kind of coming to you raw. Um, you know, I, I've, before I share this cool vision that I had, you know, I've spoken with pastors and um, their entire, the entire time we spoke, it was all about, you know, numbers, 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 getting more people in the church, getting more people in the church, you know, where the next lampstand, this, that, and the other. And, and I would just ask them, well, what's God doing in your personal life? You know, and a lot of the same answers would be the same thing over and over again. Well, I've just been, you know, I'm, I'm really busy with, with, with pastoring. I'm really busy with building this church. And, you know, I love that. I'm a pastor. I, I love building the church. I, I love seeing people come on Sunday mornings and midweek services. I love it. It's amazing. Um, but the thing is, is like, you know, we're not called as leaders, as pastors, we're not called to lay our lives down for a congregation. We're called to lay our lives down for Jesus. And if we're doing ministry well, but we're forgetting that secret place and that cultivation of our garden lifestyle with Jesus, we will run empty faster than anything that could ever happen. You know, we will we will run on programs and we will run on on just 
kind of just like the tangibles of ministry. You know what I mean? Like rather than being soaked in the anointing and, and the intimate and the intimacy of Jesus and seeing his heart um, every time we meet, you know, we're just going to start to see clones instead of disciples, right? Instead of reproducing, we're going to start to see clones, people who talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk, you know? And that's one of the most dangerous things in the body right now is a lot of language without function. So let me share this vision with you guys. So, um, over the past few months, we've been seeing more and more unity come together in our in our cities, in our regions, pastors coming together, praying together, no networks, not, hey, this works in my church, blah, 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 but just like, hey, we want to seek the face of Jesus together for our city. Uh, we're not worried about people going to your church. We'll bring a crew to your church. We'll serve in any way that we can. You know, there's no fear of like competition or, oh, somebody might like your church better than mine. It's, it hasn't been in existence. And so anyway, we've been having some awesome regional meetings, pastors coming together. It's just been fantastic. Well, I was in prayer. And, uh, and, and I was like, man, Lord, just thank you for everything happening. And then I had this vision and in this vision, Jesus pops his head out of his tent and he looks to the left and he looks to the right and he looks in front of him and he smiles really, really big. And as he smiles, I'm like, what is he smiling at? And I kind of like see in, in this vision, he's looking into the wilderness. He's looking into the woods and he just, he starts walking in, into the woods. And I just kept hearing that, you know, in, in the spirit that Jesus often withdrew often withdrew to be alone with God, often withdrew. And so I just kept hearing that over and over and over again. And I was like, man, like regardless of all these amazing things that are taking place, our hard work, our patient endurance, you know, uh, uh, everything that we're doing, we cannot forgive our first love. We cannot forget our first love. If we forget our first love, then we're going to be forgetting the call on our lives to be intimate lovers and worshipers of Jesus. You see, in the midst of all the events and the amazing prayers and all these things, that the revivals and the awakenings, is that we cannot forget that he wants to be with us. He wants to be alone with us. He's calling us into a deeper area to go into the inner chamber so they can give us strategies for our cities. You know, a lot of times we're facing so much backlash and we're blaming Satan on things that, that are, that we ourselves are actually allowing to happen. Why? Because rather than going into the inner chamber to get the strategies from heaven for a situation, we're basing it off of an, uh, of a past victory or something that worked in the past. And it's that new patch on that old wineskin. It's just not going to hold up for very long. And what we've seen is like, oh, Satan's attacking, Satan's attacking. But it's like, hey, how, how often were you in prayer one-on-one -on -one with God about this certain situation to see his strategy and to walk that thing out? And I think that's what we're getting into is that the Lord is wanting to show us strategies so that we can co-labor with him to see heaven on earth in our cities, in our regions, in our counties, in our states. Um, I don't want just revival in a church. You know, I want to see a city awakened and I can testify to this, that we are seeing that come to pass right now in our area. Like we are seeing it come to pass. It's here. It's happening. We don't need to pray anything in. It's happening. And I think that it's because that we're choosing to be in a place of intimacy with Jesus and carrying out the plans and the will of God the way he wants it, right? Revelations 2 says it perfectly. You've patiently suffered without quitting. Jesus says, I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. New Living Translation. You've left your first love. You forgot your first love. And to forget something, right, to actually position yourself to forget something and I don't think this is just like, oh, it just slipped my mind. I don't know where my keys are. I'm not where I put. No, I think it's actually like this cultivated intent of, you know, it's been so long, I forgot how to do that. 
And I think a lot of times shame, guilt, condemnation can hold us back from going deep into his presence when we've forgotten to go there, when we've forgotten to love him with everything we have. And beloved, I'm telling you here and now, make the choice on a daily basis to go deep into intimacy with Jesus. Shut the door, go find him every day. Johnny, every day, man. No, I'm talking about daily. Often withdraw and be alone with him. At the end of the day, what it comes down to is if we're talking about heaven on earth lifestyle, what is heaven doing? They're gazing upon Jesus. They're gazing upon Jesus. They're not worried about ministries or functions or plans or programs. They're, they're not focusing on discipleship. They're focusing and they're gazing on Jesus. And if we want to see heaven on earth, we have to get back to that place to where we are gazing upon Jesus. Because I'm telling you, you want to preach a sermon and help somebody get out of addiction? Preach Jesus. Right? You, you want a teaching or an equipping or you want a series of, of, of how to you know, be, be more successful in life and not be you know, stuck in the valley all the time? I don't know. Just preach Jesus. When we gaze on Jesus, he is magnified and everything else becomes microscopic. We need to magnify Jesus in our life again. And we do that by making sure he is on the throne of our heart, him and him alone. So beloved, I love you. Um, I pray this encourages you. There, you know, there's a lot more in this. This isn't everything. This is just something I wanted to just jump on here, be raw with you guys, and, and just share my heart. But I want to, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Make the choice today to go deeper into the place of presence with God. We can walk in a lifestyle of of no depression, of no heartache. We can walk in a lifestyle of of, of no worry, no anxiety, no fear. Whenever we trust Him. He's calling us into that secret place. If we love him, we'll obey his commands. Your yes and your choice to say yes with him, in those moments, I'm telling you, when you feel like you're walking in the valley of the shadow of death, you're going to eat of the fruit of what you sowed in with your yes. So beloved, I want to encourage you today, say yes to being alone with Jesus. Go and find him for yourself, for your family, for your city, for your region. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for tuning into the DC and Throne podcast. As always, I'm very thankful. However you're listening to this, um, share it with somebody. I pray it encourages you. pray it encourages them. But most of all, I pray it provokes you to go deeper into a relationship with Jesus. Love you guys.